All right, we're rolling. Nice. All right. Welcome back. It's good to be back, Mr. Cotton, Mr. Burton. Yeah. To Marcus and Friends. How have the friends been doing? <laughs> y'all been carrying this? Just been friends for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Did y'all do any any podcasts while I was gone? No. No. No, no. no, no. In honor. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you provide the most um, podcast-worthy content, so... <laughs> We don't want to do it without you. I feel like it's going to be spicy today. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about uh, COVID-19, coronavirus, um, obviously hitting close to home here at New Life Church, Fort Smith. Uh, Ask me anything you want. Oh, we will. We will. <laughs> uh, I did I did think it would be a good a good way to start is, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an emotionally charged thing for a lot of people. Um, I think, you know, people fall on. Uh, all ends of the spectrum when it comes to coronavirus. Because it got politicized. Right. It certainly did. What did you say time. the other th- day, Brandon? About uh, politics and public health? Uh, yeah, they they should not mix. <laughs> they <laughs> right. make bad, bad, bad fellows. fellows. And yeah. I will tell you this, pastors in public health, too, you know, uh, this needs to be in the hands of professionals. And I think that's why it got so spicy is because you have pastors who have a lot of influence and you have politicians who have a, a lot of influence speaking and having a voice on something that they are not intelligent about. And I really think part of being smart is knowing where you're dumb. This is what Proverbs is all about, is speak to the things that you're gifted to speak about, you're wise to speak about. This is going to help everybody on Facebook today, too. (laughs) And then just shut up and listen. And so there's there's issues going on in the world, and they're like, Marcus, why aren't you saying anything? It's because I'm not smart about that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, I did pull just a couple of facts because I, I feel like at least let's start there. Like there's these are things we can agree upon. Um, mm. it, within the last week, um, the United States already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to give stats because I'm going to disagree. OK, with you can disagree. With <laughs> it's been going on for a long time yet. <laughs> Do you disagree? I agree. OK, good. <laughs> We're there, though. Um, but according to the numbers that we do have, so we can argue on whether numbers are good or not. Um, that the United States and the world had the single highest day recorded within the last week. Right. Yeah. Uh, 45,000 in a single day in the United States, 109,000, no, excuse me, 183,000 worldwide. Um, so it's here. It's still here. It's been going on a long time. Um, and so that's what we're going to try to address today. Cool. Let's do it. You got it. Let's go for it. I'm addressing it. You know, I will tell you, uh, Dad got sick, and it took six days to get his test back, and he was just, he was doing worse every single day. And um, we thought that he might have gotten this uh, fishing and noodling with some friends, and he got in the water, and maybe this was pneumonia. We didn't know what this was. Um, <clears throat> but then I remember he was hospitalized before he got his his test results back. I, if, I'm, if I'm correct, I think his first test that he took, they sent it to New Orleans, and he got lost. And so... When it came back, and it was like the middle of the night, he sent a text and just said, hey, it, it, I am positive for COVID. And uh, those of you that know, he got this in a church service. Um, it was, uh, you talk about the grip of fear. Like, I just, I have never felt fear before in my life at all. And uh, so I went and called you two guys, and y'all didn't answer. And uh, <laughs> it was like one thirty in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. 
But there were people in the church that loved me that answered their <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to wake you up, Nick. You nah, sleep, you sleep yeah, like a rock. I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I didn't judge you. I just, I'm just really hurt, Brandon. <laughs> but there's some people that just taught me through it. I would tell you the the hardest thing is it's such it's a novel virus. We don't have a lot of facts about it. So there's so let me just back up and say this. Anytime I'm faced with something new, I'm going to read everything I can on it. So when Brooke was diagnosed with cancer. I got peace out of, I'd probably read a thousand pages in three days on the type of cancer she had, what the treatment was looking like, you know, what this, those side effects were going to be, odds, everything, because it just helps me to wrap my mind around it. Well, on, on Corona, I'm reading stuff from all over the world. I probably read 2,500 pages about it, every article I could get my hands on, and there's so much disagreement because we still know so little. We're going to figure this out, but we hadn't figured this this out yet. And so it was just like, oh, where can I find peace? Because I don't, I didn't know the steps that I needed to take. And I would tell you during this time, and I'm going to this is for every issue right now. This is a big thing that I learned. I also need to learn to hear from God no matter what I'm facing, that there is some things that the world can't provide me and couldn't provide me during that time. And I had to really feel that I'm drawing close to God, and the decisions that I was going to make, there was that inward witness of the Holy Spirit, that leading of the Holy Spirit that I needed to be incredibly sensitive to and strong during that time, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that, that is one question I had would be, you know, what what did that look like when you're when the body side, right, is being hit, being beat up, affected, right, not feeling great at all? What did the spiritual side of your life look like when it comes to prayer and to getting in the Word and stuff like that? Because uh, you know, even when things aren't going good and you just like don't feel right, you're like, man, eh, I'll just put it off till later. It's easy to miss those things. I can't imagine what it would be like to just be, you know, being beat up so heavily. What did that look like? How, how did you, you know, run to God, you know, when he's a strong tower and refuge? What did that look like for you to take safety in, in, in God and in your relationship? With him? Well, uh, so dad got it, Austin got it, and then I got it. And I knew we're in a war. And, um, so dad went, he just went downhill from once he, the day he had symptoms. Me and Austin had mild symptoms for three days. We had a lot of different symptoms. And I think the way I'd describe it is like, I got five things, but none of them is as bad as I've ever had it. I feel like I got a flu, but just a slight flu, you know, my stomach's upset, but I've had worse, you know, because I ate at Taco Bell one time <laughs> or, or whatever it was, right. it's like, I got a fever. It's not a high fever. I got a sore throat, but I've also had strep before. So it's not that bad. And so I just had a myriad of symptoms. I'm like, and then, so day halfway through day four, the fever was gone. The symptoms started leaving. Um, <clears throat> day five, for, for me and Austin, uh, that night, early in the morning is when we realized Dad was COVID, so we immediately went to get tested, but we didn't have any symptoms. They're gone. So we pulled up there to get tested, and, uh, you know, they're like, you don't even have a fever or nothing. Y'all are good. Y'all are going to ace this. And it's like, okay, my dad was positive. So we were around Dad in his face for five straight days. Right. Uh, but then when I'm texting with people in our church that are healthcare professionals, that are very wise are like, you just circle day six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Let's circle those four days and see if a second wave come. And when we woke up on day six, I was like, oh gosh. When it came back. And day seven, I woke up and went, This is gonna try to kill me. I mean, day seven, 
I taught, I had to show Austin where I was at. This is 911. This is how you explain to get them here. And that's when I knew, like, if I'm feeling this way, you know, telling how my dad is feeling, he's so super positive and optimistic. But <clears throat> COVID felt like a video game going off in my chest when I woke up on day six. I sat at the table in my dad's house, and I, it, it, that's the best way I can describe it. It felt like that video game centipede. Do you all remember that one? Mm -hmm. It felt like that thing was just moving around my chest, like, rapidly. Like, I wanted to take a knife and cut it out. It was just like, ooh, this because it went from my head. I had some sinus stuff, and it when it got into the chest, it went to work. And um, so we knew we were in a spiritual battle. Right. We knew we, we got to get people praying. And this... One thing about this church, there are people that don't mind staying up at night and praying. And the same thing when Brooke was going through cancer, you could feel this spiritually. But I knew, like, I've got to have spiritual strength for this battle. I have to hear from God because literally every form of treatment, there's a disagreement somewhere that you'd read too. So I'm like, all right, I need to have that inward witness. So I went 25 days straight in worship music just around me. I mean, 25 days straight, I was never without without worship. And uh, that just, he just brought in so much peace. And then I just lived in Psalm 91, just mm -hmm. no matter how bad I felt. So just like I had to physically force myself to eat, I spiritually forced myself beyond my feelings. You know, my commitment to being spiritually fed is not emotionally based or physically based. I'm going to feed my soul. Yeah. So, great. yeah, it's great. And I'm right. telling you, through it all, I don't even know how to describe this, is that our doctors here and and then me being down in southern Arkansas, it, I, we didn't have confusion on what I needed to do or the plan that we needed to put in place. We just knew I need to do that. I don't need to do that. I need to do this. Never do that. It's just like it's like the... Uh, on the priest's robe in the Old Testament, they got the Urim and Thummim, and that's how they inquire of the Lord. And it's like, it's a yes or a no, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what the Holy Spirit helps you do inside is go, yes, no, yes, no. And it, that was as strong as I've ever sensed that in my life. Yeah. Yep. Thank God. Yeah. I remember <clears throat> that uh, was a Sunday morning, right? We were about to do Marcus and Friends, and we got that text, and he's like, hey, guys. I'm a little past uh, being able to take care of myself at this point. Right, and right. We were freaked right out on that day. And that must have been day six or seven. You know, that day um, I woke up and I was so sick. I was like, I either got to call 911. And I sat alone by myself. It was before 6 a.m. And I was like, God, do I get an ambulance to pick me up? I got a son who's still sick. Mm -hmm. There's nobody else at the house. Am I going to leave him alone? Uh, what do I do? And uh, he just dropped, gave in an M MJ Morgan, who we pastored them maybe 15 or 20 years ago now, and they, they've been friends. We've been in contact, and we had eaten, me and Gavin had eaten the week before, and um, he just dropped them in my mind. So I, I texted uh, his wife, who's a, uh, it's an ICU nurse, and she deals with COVID a lot. I'm like, what should I do? And <laughs> she was like, come here. Come to our house. We will quarantine us out of the house, and that's what you and Austin will stay until you're healed. And then Gavin immediately texted said, I'm coming to pick you up. 
you know, and so awesome. they took they took me into their house. I'll tell you, I, I, I dream every night, every night. I'm either going to kill somebody <laughs> or I'm going to say something funny. I wake up laughing a lot because I'm funny in my dreams, too. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, not, I'm just I'm like, that was hilarious. How did I come up with that in my sleep? Uh, I only really had three dreams <clears throat> during the time, and they were all like spiritual. I had that dream about my father that I talked about Sunday. Um, I had a dream about our police force here, and I texted some of those things that I felt like God was saying. And then I, uh, I had a very demonic dream uh, that a demon just walked up to me. It wasn't anything like you'd see in a movie, um, and just looked me in the eye and said, "I'm assigned to you for one week," and just walk and just walked off. Oh. And I woke up. Just, I'm like, I can't handle this. It's just, I'm juggling too much. And now, I mean, this didn't even feel like a junior varsity demon. This felt like <laughs> somebody, right. fifth year senior. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, oh, I just broke and I was crying. And then it, uh, I went out, I had this, so I had this setup where I had my own bathroom, my own bed, and then I could walk out and I had my own porch. So they just set the food outside and there was a table and, They'd watch the leper eat. And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, MJ came over and just said, I, you know, I felt like the Lord told me he's assigned me to take care of you for seven days. So I'm off work for seven days, and I'm going to be here. And I was just like, God, you are so good. <laughs> you know, so. Can I ask you something? Sure. And if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. But, uh, like, a lot of people... Obviously, we're focused on what was happening with your dad uh, because that was obviously like he was in the hospital <clears> and things weren't going well. Um, but people generally are kind of unaware of how bad things got with you. How bad did it get? It got as bad as it could ever get. Yeah. <laughs> you know, could it got as bad as it ever needed to ever get. Yeah, that's, that's about how I'd say it. You know, we had plan A, plan B, plan C. Um, you know, COVID, they would say it goes mild, moderate. These are this, this is where you're at health wise. A lot of young people just stay in that mild zone, never gets moderate, gets down your chest, you're kind of moderate symptoms. Then it gets severe and then it gets critical. I was severe for a lot of days and critical for, for a period. Yeah, no mm -hmm. doubt. So I, the one thing I did not want to do is go to the hospital, get on a vent and lay on my back. That's the one thing that I just felt like the Lord was saying, don't fight that this way. And there, cause there were things that we could do on that farm that we couldn't do any, anywhere else. It's like the amount of vitamins I was pumping into my body, the steam baths. I just didn't want to go lay in a place where I'm on my back on a vent and somebody's coming to check on me every hour, sometimes every three hours. And that, you know, just depends what, what hospital I'd landed in. And, uh, I didn't want to do that. And that's, and people are like, well, I said, if I lay on my back, I'm going to have anxiety. And they're like, well, we have medicine for that. I'm like, I want you to know one thing about this brain of mine. You're going to have to knock me out <laughs> to get this brain to stop. And so, uh, yeah, it, it, that was a tough, you know, that was a tough pill to swallow once I started getting healthy. I didn't think I had, once, once you're in the fight <clears throat> and we had so many people praying, I didn't have, I really didn't have any fear. <laughs> I didn't. I was just like, what's the next thing I need to do? Let's do it. I, 
there was things that I wanted explained. I'm like, would you tell me what's going on, what I need to do? Um, my fear didn't hit until I'd rounded the corner <laughs> and I started feeling better. Yeah. So it was like day, evening of day 12, day 13, I'm like, oh, I've rounded the corner. Oh, and I was like, oh man, I don't want to die, man. And, I, and the only thing, and I don't want to compare myself to this, but I've heard soldiers say that about fighting in war. Like, I just, I just, uh, well, I just fought and fought and fought. And when they said, hey, all right, you're leaving in two weeks, they said, that's when fear hit me. It's like, oh, I got to live too. And so it was It was kind of like being in a war. And, uh, yeah, but, I, you know, there'll be some trauma and stuff to talk through and work through with all of that. So y'all will probably catch the brunt of that in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus fired all of his staff <laughs> because his coffee was cold. <laughs> One thing that uh, I know when you and I talked, I don't know, about a week ago, uh, after you got home, uh, you had talked about the the will side of it, the, the grit, the determination side of it, right? Um, can, can you just kind of share a little bit about that? You know, I know we talk about, yes, there's a spiritual component, right? We, we want to fight that, that spiritual warfare. We want to, uh, obviously, you were getting pumped full of vitamins. You were, you were on, like, this protocol of, of how to get healthy. But uh, just from, like, a, a, an emotional will grit standpoint what did that look like yeah let me tell you so the bible says in proverbs 18 i think it's 18 14 the spirit of of a man will raise him up during his infirmity there has to be a will to live that hits you and it it supersedes fear it supersedes hopelessness it's i you know and so i laid in that bed and was like no, I'm going to get on my feet. I'm going to do everything it takes. I got a family to come home to. I got friends in my life. I got a purpose to, to live for. So it didn't matter. If I had an appetite, didn't have an appetite, I can smell, taste. It didn't matter. I was going to eat what I needed to eat. I was going to drink what I needed to drink. I was going to do the exercises I needed to do. I was going to take the walks, no matter how bad they were. I was going to cough that junk out of my respiratory. I was going to do the steam. I was going to take the stinking naps. I hate naps. I'm unlike you, B. <laughs> like, God, one bonus of Corona, naps. So uh, not for me. Uh, so I was going to, I was just going to, I just set my wheel in order. Like, and it was, and I knew that that would probably be the best thing that I had going for me because I typically get what I want in life. So they're like, how'd Marcus get that? Because I wanted it. So I got Brooke. I want her. She's going to be mine. Nothing's going to stop that, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. So one of the things out there that I see on Facebook all the time is uh, the controversy around masks. Do they work? Do they not work? N95, cloth, medical, they hurt you, you suffocate, they cause anxiety. <laughs> what do you think about masks, Pastor <laughs> Brown? <laughs> I think we would go back to what we said. The first, it's really interesting if you see who who is asking you to wear a mask, who's asking you? Doctors, Doctors. <laughs> right? right? Your state representatives, uh, your grandmother who prays for you every day, <laughs> sure. right? Yeah. And so it's like when you see the smartest people you know asking you to do something, there needs to be a spirit of humility. The thing got so political, politicized, you know, and then we don't believe the numbers. But I'll tell you this, nobody in the whole world believes our numbers, right? Everybody, so I don't know what to believe, you know. When you go to a hospital and it's absolutely full of COVID patients, you know, are we, are we are 
FaceTiming with my dad and the, the place is full, well, you're going, golly, this is a real thing. Yeah. And uh, no matter what my opinions are about something out of love, I'm going to think about your interests and not mine. What is the best interest of you? I don't care how you feel about something. I want to take care of you, and that's what I'm going to do. Like, I got more antibodies than anybody else in this community, but when I go out and I'm around people, uh, I'm going to put on a mask because I respect who you are. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a larger issue in our culture today of being individualistic as opposed to collectivist, right? Certainly. Like, what's best for me rules as opposed to what's best for our community, what's best for this this group that I'm around, it, it reigns as like the overarching principle for life. Thank God Jesus didn't feel that way or those 10,000 angels would have got him off a cross. Right. You know? Right. He was looking out for us. That's right. And um, th- that's the end of it. Yeah. You know? You guys know I listen to all sorts of news sources. <laughs> Mainstream news, alternative. Can, alternative news. I was going to say, can you call that news? <laughs> Alternative is, news. <laughs> and I, I have heard every anti-mask argument that there is to hear. Believe me when I say you're not going to tell me something I haven't heard about not wearing a mask. I understand all of the alternate points to that. But at worst, you are minorly inconvenienced by wearing a mask. Uh, at best you were preventing the spread of a disease that could kill somebody. Well, let me put a real story to it because everybody else has an article. Let me give you a real story. So I'm around dad for five days. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, I think he has pneumonia, for, but he might have COVID. And then in my mind, I thought, well, if he has it, I have it. I didn't understand that like the, the amount of exposure matters. So I, was, I didn't know it's the viral load that your body has gotten that's what you've got to defeat. So, um, so I was just like, if I got it, I got it. So, but there's another guy, his name's Cody Pickard. He's one of dad's friends. He was there as well, but he was masked up the whole time. So both of us got sneezed on, both of us got coughed on, both of us got puked on, both of us got all of, we're, we are physically carrying dad, you know, to his vehicle to take him to the hospital. We're doing all of that kind of stuff together, but he had that M95 mask on. He's COVID free. And then I went through hell for 32 days. Yeah. So people are like, it doesn't work. I'm going to tell you, it works because I saw it. Like me and him, same circumstances. So, so what would you say to uh, specifically, I think, to the people, because I get this text a lot. Do you think I should come back? Is it time for me to return to church? Is it safe? I mean, I'm, I mean, just yesterday, a guy texted me. I'm really, uh, my wife is pregnant. I want to be wise, uh, but also we want to come to church. We miss being there. What do you think we should do? Well, I I would, uh, the first thing I would say is, why are you texting me this? I mean, really, we are not the smartest people there are to send a text to. So I would ask your doctor what they think first. Mm -hmm. What do you think I should do? Because we have a lot of healthcare professionals that, that are in our church that can advise on all of those things. People come to church, some of them, because they've come their whole life. I don't want you coming out of guilt. I want you to be wise. And it's our job as pastors not just to teach the Word, but be the gatekeeper of the house. And so it, when you sign up to serve in kids' ministry or youth ministry, the first thing we do is make you do what? What is background it? Check. you got to take a background check. 
because we are trying to protect all of those innocent people, right? Mm -hmm. So we, the first job for us around this table is to protect the people in this house. I would never want to see uh, what happened in my family happen in their family. I don't want you walking around in fear. So people are like, I'm just going to have faith, but God also gives you a spirit of wisdom, and you need to, <laughs> you need to ask your doctor, is it smart and wise for me to be in this setting where I'm going to be around somebody for that length of time? Mm-hmm. Since it is, you know, the exposure of it matters, that kind of stuff matters. Is it wise? And then do it, you know? Sure. That's what I would say. Put mask up. Don't want to mask up? Come see online. I'm I'm really good online. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're only doing that because we love you. Last thing I would say is just, I just want <clears throat> to, I know we've kind of, this has had a little bit of negative tone, so I, I want to give it a thankful tone. Uh, everybody who prayed is crazy. Like, people are like, all I could do is pray. And sometimes you don't know how to pray, and the Spirit helps you pray, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's people praying for us. There were things that I needed for my health that people would drop off at their house or, or my dad's house. And they would go, I wish you I wish you would have this item, this item, and this item. I was like, oh, that's interesting. It just got dropped off at the porch by somebody that I didn't even know. <laughs> and uh, they found out we were sick, and they were just like, ah, I was in Walmart, and I felt like I should just get this for you. Wow. And uh, that those are just, and that happened, I think, a dozen different times, y'all. And uh, that's only, that is only God uh, just answering the cries. And uh, and those of you that are just, have just been, uh, so well, there's one guy who said, I got woke up at this time and this time and this time in the night, and all I did was pray for you. And I was like, you could track it back to these were some of my worst hours. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can't buy that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just thank God for that. You can't buy friends that are willing to put themselves in front of a bullet like Gavin and MJ. Uh, you can't. Like The Bible says friends loved at all times and brothers are born for adversity. And Gavin has been that guy. It's like he hadn't been in my life all the time, but when we go through adversity, he's like, hey, I'm here. What's <laughs> yeah. up? Bring that COVID in my house. You know, yeah, I'm not scared. Yeah. It's just crazy. And, uh, yeah, so. And then his wife, MJ, you know, I told her, you know, you're an angel because in the South, an angel is basically a Southern belle. That's how we kind of picture an angel. But that's uh, an angel shows up, takes charge, takes charge and changes everything, you know, and so that's what she did, and uh, she, (laughs) so she had faith, and she's tough, and it was, God just supplied what we needed, and he's been our strength, and and our source, and um, we know this, our best days are ahead, you know, so. Amen. Any, Any other questions? I don't think so. Okay. All right. Hey, this is Brandon. Thanks so much for listening. I did want to make one clarification on something we said. When talking about masks, we said that everyone should wear a mask, but we do understand that some people can't wear a mask for medical reasons. And I just wanted to let you know, we get that and we support any decision that you come to with your doctor about wearing a mask. The heart behind the discussion was just to say, as far as we know, wearing a mask is the best way that we can help take care of people. And that's our heart to take care of people. And so,
Thanks for understanding. And again, thanks for listening.